the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This story then answers the question, who is my neighbor? And the answer is anyone who needs help, who we have the power and opportunity to help, no matter what their rank or race or religion might be. In the New Testament book of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, we see a question, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno wraps up a message today on the great commandment here on Study Verse by Verse. Now, the Jewish people interpreted the word neighbor in a limited sense to mean their fellow Jews or people of the same religious community, and it specifically excluded Samaritans and foreigners. So what he was endeavoring to do is to justify himself by limiting the extent of the law's demands and thereby limiting his responsibility. It's always easier to love people who have much in common with yourself. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, the road from Jerusalem to Jericho is about 17 miles long, and it is a notoriously dangerous road. It goes from Jerusalem, which is 2,300 feet above sea level, to Jericho, which is 1,300 feet below sea level. So it drops 3,600 feet in those 17 uh, miles. And it's a very uh, curvy, narrow road with uh, ravines and caves and, and sudden turns, and it makes an ideal place for thieves. Even in the 5th century, five centuries after the time of Jesus, Jerome's called it the bloody way. In the 19th century, you still had to pay safety money to the local sheiks in order to travel the road safely. And as late as the 1930s, a traveler named H.V. Morton was told he needed to get home before dark if he was traveling that particular road. It's always been a dangerous road. Verse 31, now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. It says here that the priest was going down, which meant he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, which means he presumably had finished his duties, and that was the same, the same was true for the Levite as well. Now both priests and Levites come from the tribe of Levi. But priests not only had to be Levites, but descendants of Aaron, who was Israel's first high priest. They had different jobs. The priests were the ones who performed the sacrifices. The Levites were those who helped around the temple. They were the custodians and deacons and musicians and repairmen. Now, the audience of this story would have surely expected that the priest or the Levite would have come to the aid of a helpless person, particularly neighbor, but that was not the case. 
When they saw him, they passed by on the other side. They deliberately refused to help him. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took, took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Now, some historical background is helpful here to appreciate the significance of this story. Because Jews and Samaritans had no love for each other, even though outright violence was rare. And this illustration that Jesus gave would have no doubt offended his Jewish listeners because it would have struck at their heart of patriotism, which they justified religiously. You see, they saw themselves as the pure descendants of Abraham, but the Samaritans as half-breeds. Because Samaritans were Jews from the northern kingdom who had intermarried with others. And so when Jesus was talking about the story, they would have expected that the third person would have been a Jewish person. But in great detail, Jesus described what the Samaritan did for this Jewish man. He took pity. He bandaged his wounds, possibly with strips of cloth torn from his own clothing. He put the man on his own donkey, which meant he had to walk. He took him to an inn and took care of him. The wine would have been used as a disinfectant and the oil as a soothing lotion. And when they arrived at the inn, the Samaritan did not think, well, here's where my responsibility ends. I've spent too much time on this guy already. Let's let others take over. Instead, He cared for the man through the night, and the next day, when he had to be on his way, he realized the man was in too poor of shape to travel, and so he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver, or two denarii, which, according to the scholars, could have covered anything from two days to two weeks or even a month of of housing. And even beyond that, he promised the innkeeper that if any more was required, he would repay it on his next visit. This is a person who did more than the minimum, who did all that he could. And when Jesus described him, he put the word Samaritan in the first position in the sentence, emphasizing the contrast between him and the two other travelers. The Samaritan's compassion contrasts with the callousness of the priest and Levite towards one of their neighbors. And what the Samaritan did helps us to better understand what it means to show mercy. And it also illustrates the ministry of Christ. For the Samaritan identified with the needs of a stranger and had compassion on him. Jesus asked, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. And so he finished his story, and then he asked the legal expert, in in essence, forcing him to answer his own question. Now, the priest and the Levite were obligated by law to help the victim, but there was also another law that 
disallowed them from touching a dead body because if they did that, they would be ceremonially unclean for seven days. And Jesus did describe the man as being half dead. So if they tried to help and the man died, that would make them ceremonially unclean. Perhaps they chose religious purity over service to a person in need. They were more interested in the letter of the law than the spirit of the law. But the Samaritan wasn't hampered by the letter of the law. He saw someone in need and served that person. This story then answers the question, who is my neighbor? And the answer is anyone who needs help we have the, and who we have the power and opportunity to help, no matter what their rank or race or religion might be. Notice how Jesus turned the tables on the lawyer who was trying to evade responsibility. The lawyer wanted to make this issue complex and philosophical. Jesus made it simple and practical. The lawyer wanted to discuss the neighbor in a general way, but Jesus forced him to consider a specific person in need. It's far easier for us to talk about things in the abstract. Notice also that Jesus was asked two questions. And to the first, he answered, do this and you will live. And to the second, he said, go and do likewise. Do, go. Both are action words. Love requires more than just discussion. It requires action. And this story of the Good Samaritan, this one deed of the Good Samaritan, has inspired ministries all over the world, all throughout the centuries. No ministry is wasted. God sees to it that no act of service is not rewarded. He's promised that he'll even reward us for giving a cup of water to someone in need in the name of Jesus. And you know, when we have discovered this central truth that we are loved by God, and that love overflows, it makes it so much easier to behave like the Good Samaritan. The parable teaches that people should help each other when they're in need. Even when we may have nothing more in common than the fact that we're both human. It's an argument against prejudice and for compassion. The thieves on the bloody way saw this traveler as a victim to attack. The priest and Levite saw him as a nuisance to avoid. The Samaritan saw him as a neighbor to love. How do you see people? We should think of all mankind as our neighbor and be a friend to everyone who is oppressed, neglected, in prison, poor, orphaned, pagan, mentally ill, starving, dying. 
That's why our church family is involved in so many, many ministries, both here and abroad. Ministering to orphans in Borneo, women and children being trafficked in the Philippines, the prison that is right around the corner from us, and in so many, many ways. Lord, thank you for our church family and how you have ministered and continue to minister through us. That you are alive and well and at work. We thank you, Lord, for the transforming work you are doing in these young lives who were baptized this morning. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. A very somber closing to a very important message on this edition of Study Verse by Verse. The entire message can be found on the website at highlands.us. Just click on the messages link on the homepage. And what a great way to launch into the new year as Pastor Leighton Sheely focuses our attention on those things that are most important. If you'd like to know more information about the church, please go to that website, highlands.us, and do let us know that you listen to the broadcast. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll once more open the Word of God and study verse by verse.